Hey everyone, welcome to the Four Goats and a Mic podcast, season two, episode one. We're back since what, October? And we have Jazz, Tara, Bees. Everybody say hi. Everybody say what's up. Hello, 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 guys. What's up, guys? We back, gang. We back. We're happy to be back. Happy to start actually dropping some gems, stuff that people can get valuable information from. So I'm happy to be back. Take the table a little bit. Uh, This episode, I think we're just going to catch all up on what we've been working on since last year. And then they want to talk about Clubhouse. (laughs) We'll talk about Clubhouse a bit. Um, I want to start with Jazz and her updates because our last episode was supposed to be us interviewing her since everyone wants to act like they don't know Jazz is on the podcast and that this is equally hers. So Jazz. What have you been up to lately? Um, so right now I'm doing another podcast uh, called Black Fridays, and it's about cannabis. You but, uh, not really. So <laughs> the thing about this is uh, I'm doing it with, um, I don't know if you guys went to the event that I like partly hosted, but I'm doing it with um, a Black cannabis business magazine owner. And basically... Um, you know, a lot of talk is about a lot of people just talk about social equity and the cannabis space and things like that. But not everyone wants to be a cannabis owner. Some people just want to work in the industry or maybe they want to grow or be an accountant or something like that. So, like, we're really focusing on actual giving you like alternatives outside of everyone talking about, you know, social equity to be a cannabis business owner. There's other ways to get into the industry. And we'll be talking about like cannabis politics in particular. Um, we'll have like quite a few like heavy hitters that are in the cannabis industry right now and they're and they're black people, whether they're in like policy or they're actually cannabis owners, um, they'll be coming on the podcast just talking about what's going on, a little bit about their story. So that's what I've been working on lately. And that's like um, probably the the one thing I'm excited the most about because we have a lot to say. But what's I mean, the name of the podcast again? Black Fridays. Black Fridays. All right, we'll include a link so y'all can check it out. Do you have like a wait list up or anything yet? Uh, we do not, uh, cause we're right now, actually it's funny. Y'all were talking about clubhouse. We actually at seven o'clock every day. I don't, I'm not in there all the time, but, um, we have like smaller talks on clubhouse too. Okay. We'll, we'll get the link for y'all. But I'll get the link. Yeah. I'll get you. I'll get you the link. Uh, what else? Are you done? Oh no, I'm done. That's, that's pretty much it. Same, same old, same old with me. All right. Nothing really Hair is rolling that. a blunt. Hair is rolling a blunt. So we'll talk about bees. Bees has launched some stuff. Has had some big ass wins. Right. Money bag bees. Talk your shit. Billionaire <laughs> bees. And the B stands for bands. Go ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know me. I I just been doing what I do. You know, just tweeting and <laughs> uh, just promoting my book and stuff like that. But. Uh, no, nah, for I, I end up launching a group coaching program, Success Life Society, helping people um, get to making six figures from their nine to five and creating passive income as well. Um, I've also had a talk with uh, Peloton. I was their speaker for their Black at Peloton ERG group, and that was pretty good. That was dope. So hopefully that's first of many speaking events and speaking engagements that I have. Uh, what else? Um, I'm doing master classes every month. So like if you 
you want to join in my master classes, uh, doing them every single month. The first one was the power of retirement accounts. So that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Uh, had over 70 people in there. So that was dope. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm doing anything else besides that, like working on my next deployment, about to go back overseas in June and I can't wait. It's going to be my last one. So I'm just working on retirement, just investing, stacking bread, getting more assets. That's it. You know, just focus on the bag. You're going to Japan, right? South Korea. Oh, South Korea. Ooh, are you scared? Mm -mm. Scared of what? Have you been there? I don't know. My perception of Korea is, is probably horrible. So it would scare me to go. <laughs> so no, I mean, so I'm sure you could probably tell me otherwise. North Korea is the scary one. Okay. South Korea, you can go to. So like, um, I've only been to South Korea as for like a layover. That's where like everybody flies into uh, Incheon. Everybody flies into there. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, South Korea is not really scary. I'm going to be living like close to the beach going to try to be as close to the beach as possible that's the goal oh that's dope yeah so, so. did they treat black people the same like how they do in some parts of china where they i've never been to china so but i've heard they they treat black people pretty bad in china so i really have yeah. no desire to go to china Me um well but, the one time i got detained there but <laughs> all right jazz got locked up we talked about <laughs> that on that one episode we're gonna have to release that episode it was pretty funny uh but yeah, no, like, I don't think South Korea is like that. You know, I've never had anybody have any issues there. I know a lot of my friends, they worked and lived in South Korea, never had any issues. So yeah, but it's only 12 months. Like, you know me, I'm gonna be inside chilling and trying to go to the beach and run and enjoy that every day. So. All right. Well, Kara's grubbing now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're hey, heard... <laughs> working on them drifting skills. I'm going to bust your ass when you get to Atlanta. What skills? Them drifting skills. I hope you learn to get ready with the drive. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going on tour and I'm whipping people ass when it comes to go-karting. <laughs> you want to get on the speed go-karting, I'm going to whoop you. You want to play basketball one-on-one? Y'all hear her. Y'all hear her now. Course, whatever. We come back on here. Nah, she fucked me up in basketball and just like playing around when we went go-kart Bees is nice for real. Track. She's nice for real. And I don't have like too bad of a shot, but like she fucked me up. Like I think I might I kill you on horse bees. We're gonna be at like Andretti. Wait till Bees get here. Wait till she get here. I'm taking her Andretti. We'll go around that first lap and she's gonna do it. Damn, her bust my ass. Look, let's Damn. get it. We come into Atlanta next month, so let's get it. <laughs> Put it yeah, um, have you heard of Autobahn? Y'all got that in Atlanta, like the go where the go karts go really fast, and you got to wear the Not helmet. Autobahn, but we got like a bunch of different tracks. Like we got Atlanta Motor Speedway, and then you can go to the Porsche Experience and race Porsche. Oh shit! They got Andretti, go um, right? Yeah, then we have Andretti's. That's where I like mm -hmm. to go because there's certain tracks on Andretti's that are good for drifting, and the carts are pretty fast. And then, then we have a couple other outdoor tracks too. But yeah, I'm ready. We got options. What have I been up to? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been working on FSO 2.0, so we're about to actually drop that really, really, really soon, like super soon. Um, the new design for FSO on the website. Uh, I launched website ads as well and signed my first client. Uh, shout out to Zay, Bitcoin Zay. Bitcoin so we're going to be featuring him on uh, FSO a lot more soon. Uh, what else did I do? <laughs> Have I done? <laughs> Life has just kind of been moving really, really fast. Um, the last I time we were talking, was that? 
parlay princess. Right. I mean, the parlay stuff has always been going down. But some from the last time we talked, you know, I was just getting back to work. And now I'm back to work like full time in the swing of things. And I have no free time. I actually have to be at work at like 630 a.m. in the morning. But it's actually really, really fun. <laughs> um, I'm working on a TV show that's going to be um, on Netflix here soon. Uh, I actually got my first Netflix credits. What I think like last month I saw my first, hey, for the first time I saw my name on Netflix. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, life has been pretty lit. The first half of 2020, it started. The first two months started great, and then you know I was unemployed for like six months, <clears throat> and then that was kind of rough. I was trying to figure stuff out, but I actually bounced back better because now, I think me and Bees were talking about this in our March episode when we were talking about the pandemic, how we wanted to be more liquid. So. January of last year, I'm actually more liquid right now than I was January of last year, even after being unemployed for six months. So that was one of my goals last year. That's a flex. Right? <laughs> to be more liquid, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. And I didn't plan to be unemployed for six months, but I just so happened to have enough money to kind of keep me afloat and keep me going. And so that was one of my biggest goals of 2020 was to definitely have more money, more liquid you know, so I can make some moves and be able to do certain things. And not only am I more liquid, I got more money invested in the market. And I was able to make a lot more moves in 2020 than I did in 2019, even though it seems like I was doing a lot more in 2019. So even though the world kind of stopped, I still kind of kept going. So I'm very, very grateful for that. What's up, Ari? What you got going on? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. A whole lot. Flexing up broke bitches. On that then, just $36,000. Right. Oh, I'm at 36K. It's only the right. She said she just hit 50, right? Are you like 400 bucks from like 50 now? Or some, sh close. some shit like that? We're really close to uh, hitting 50K monthly recurring revenue, but that's across like the different things I have, not just the group coaching program. 50K monthly? Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um. So, you know, my launch, my group coaching launch went really well, and I've been working a lot less, and it's kind of crazy that uh, I don't really have to work or do anything, but, like, show up to my calls. <laughs> like, I don't really need to, like, post on social media or anything like that anymore, so that's cool. And I think now I'm just figuring out, like, hiring. I scaled a little too quickly, um, but it's all still manageable and doable automating as much as I have has really like saved my ass. Um, we have about, I think either 90 or 92 active coaching clients. And like, it's, oh, nice. it's really It's still really manageable. And so like automations, like they really save my ass. And then, you know, my team and stuff, I really couldn't do it without them. So now it's just a matter of figuring out or, not even figuring it out because I feel like, well, I'd be surprised if we didn't do a million gross this year. I would be surprised. Um, but I don't keep all that don't either. about us, please. Just don't forget. <laughs> Here we right. go. Right. Here we go. She's <laughs> always saying us. this. Bees always says this. And I think it's so funny that you say this because all I wear is y'all's hoodies. 
Oh work. yeah, me too. Yeah. In rotation, I got Ari's yeah, joint. I got Bees's joint, and then I got yours, Tar. <laughs> wear yeah. every That's day. All I, I don't even look. I don't even wear mine because <laughs> people be asking me like, "Are you Tara?" And then I gotta explain it. So like, I wear other people's hoodies. Yeah. And I wear Bees's, Ari's, and the Bees real estate hoodie. And there's one other one, um, Barbie, uh, buy the dip, the crew neck. Like oh. I just wear everybody else's stuff, and so Bees be like, "Don't forget about us." I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I wear shit every day. I wear no room in my fucking closet because I literally have fifteen of like my friends at home with different hoodies and t-shirts and shit. I'm like, yeah, I gotta move. And, stop and when it gets warm, I got t-shirts too. <laughs> yeah. I, I need I need the t-shirt drops because you know it's gonna be hot in Texas real soon. So need them t-shirt drops. Yeah, got enough hoodies. Please start dropping t-shirts, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I got so paint. Ari, I got a question for you. How big do you want to be in terms of like staff? Because I think about like, because uh, I know you offer a really solid like work-life balance to the people that work with you. And do yeah. you think that if you got too big, you wouldn't be able to like maintain what you're doing now? I don't know that I wouldn't be able to maintain it. I just don't know that I have the capital currently to afford it. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be working and managing all those people. Right, right, like, right. <laughs> I'm big on leave me the fuck alone. Just do what you got to do. I don't care what you're doing outside of my stuff. Just make sure my shit's on time. Or if you're late, cool. But like I told my assistant, like, I don't care if you track your hours. We'll probably do like a team tracking once a quarter just to see like what our cost is, you know, for projects and stuff. But if you're under hours, I don't give a shit. If you're over, let me know and invoice me. Just like give me the heads up. But other than that, like I really don't give a shit what you're doing. Like stop asking me for more stuff. Just <laughs> I don't want to make Yo, more. Yo, my VA is the same way. Like, can you send me more stuff? I'm like, no. Just <laughs> just do whatever and just send the invoice every week. Just send it. I'm not giving you more stuff because you never know when stuff just might get crazy. So there's no need to just like overload you with extra just just because. Yeah, just because like just it's like busy work, really. Like, no, I'm not going to give you just a bunch of extra stuff. Something that I do love about my assistant, though, she'll come to me with project ideas and be like, I think we should do this. Great. They'll do it. I don't care how you set it up. Just (laughs) go do it. I don't care. So I don't want to feel about remote work. Well, I mean, I'm never come to a point where you have like an office and it'd be required you live in the area and you come into work every day type shit. No, because I've I've been I've been working from home for like seven, eight years now. I've helped start and grow teams that are remote. So I've seen a lot of I've seen a good amount of what works well, but I've seen a huge amount of like what not to do, you know, right, right. So I think it's capable. I think I'm capable of doing it. But I also just want to stay small and intimate and like, I don't, if you're working for me, I don't want you putting in 40 hours a week for me. I'll pay you for 40 hours a week. Like that's right. Goal. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's I goal. think I would probably do like 30. I guess you'd probably work about 30 hours a week or so. Yeah. Do 20, 30. Go yeah. I'd rather you be happy and like really love what you're doing and we automate or like outsource the rest. But like all this busy work, track time, be fucking miserable, like. Nah, I'm not building a company. I feel like a lot of people try to build a company or scale a company in the image of like these other corporations that they left right. mm-hmm. instead treated them so horribly. So I'm very, I'm very anti that. And 
I, I was just talking to somebody about this on the timeline yesterday. Like there aren't very many good examples or even books for scaling a company. I think you have to really get a good coach for that and make sure that like the way they're running their business and operating is in alignment with what you're doing because you're going to pay to teach, teach you the same thing, right? So my coach doesn't give me a hard time about like, I'm lazy. I'm not doing all this work. <laughs> like what's right, right. Like, like I'm going to become the I'm going to be the laziest millionaire multimillionaire ever but like I'm not doing all this shit and she's like all right well like let's just see what's working and build a plan off of that yeah no. I think everybody kind of has this not everybody but a lot of people have this assumption that like once you start making some money you have to hire 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 and build 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 so like mm-hmm. you can make one million now you're making five million and you're making ten million it's like you don't need to constantly add more and more and more to your business to hit other levels. Like you can have one team and you guys hit a bunch of levels together and then you- That's solid as fuck. Yeah, and then you add more to the team later on because like sometimes people scale before they even maxed out all the resources and everything on their team. Like they have four or five people and those four or five people can be doing a million right now. And But instead right. they're looking like, okay, you know what? We need to add more people to this team to make a million dollars. Like, no, you just kind of like, you got to restructure your game plan. You can make a million dollars with who you got right now. But I think that that's kind of smart what Ari said. You know, she kind of realized that she scaled too fast and she kind of like stopped and like, you know what, game plan. I scaled too fast and I didn't charge enough in the beginning also. You know, because I wasn't sure about the offer. If people would buy it. People tell you like, oh, Twitter audience doesn't buy. They don't, they don't buy at a premium. And like, that's false as shit. <laughs> that's that if I false. Can, like, yeah. Yeah, I think for you false. though, Ari, for a whole like, what? three months or probably more, you went live like every day and gave value. So like, I think for Twitter people that are cheap, it was, it would have been really hard to be like, Oh, I'm not going to spend this amount because you gave out free game for like 90 days. (laughs) Anybody could do that. that. I literally took like what I used to get paid to do. So like from my job, from my business and just taught that to other people and talked about it. And I, and I just went a level deeper. I was like, everybody's just, it's all very surface level content up here. Like you can't actually do anything with this content. So like, let me just help people get results. And like, I'm going to put my best out there and we'll see what happens. And I think if you have no audience, that is like the easiest way like to build an audience. The majority of my email list is from Twitter. And like, I didn't spend a dime, put a lot of time in it, but it's nurtured. It converts. and you know, it was nice. It was nice. Three yeah. months of like grinding for to do a, have a million dollar business off of a th- 5,000 person email list. Like, I didn't bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that people don't realize I've been, I, I was talking about this early on the timeline today. Like, I think Twitter hands down is the best social media platform. Is. Because even though there's no <laughs> traditional way to monetize and get paid directly from Twitter, like, you can make money off Twitter. It doesn't matter. Like you can drop a link to one of your products, affiliate link, email list, whatever. Like, and that's all these um, platforms nowadays. If you can talk and you can type, you can get paid from your audience or whatever. So it does not matter if they don't have a formal way of monetization. And like Twitter is the only platform where it's like real engagement. Like mm-hmm. you can talk to these people like Ari, she was going live every single day. They were interacting with you like with her, real right? interaction, not like, oh, oh fire emoji, 100 emoji. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like they're actually talking, asking <laughs> questions, stuff like that. And 
And on Twitter, you can do that. But on these other platforms, you really can't do it unless you get them somewhere else to like have a deeper conversation. So the DMs are really good for Instagram, I'm finding. Telling them. Yeah, DMs on Instagram yeah. are amazing. Yeah. But so I, I think we're talking DMs 20, just, 30 years from now. They do DMs on there. Yeah. You know but look, mean? I'm telling you, 20, 30 years from now, it's not going to be about Instagram is going to be legendary, but they're going to make movies about the movements and the people that came together on Twitter just because of everything that's happened. Like, for yeah, example, I think. Fund them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> B, there we go. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be making the movies. But anyway, B was talking to this dude named Ch- Chamath or Chameth. Chamath. Chamath. Yeah. Oh my God. Just, just off of that alone, the fact that you can talk to that, like to talk to people like that and get in oh, contact with them that. and share ideas with them. Right. You can't do that anywhere else. And people they're not on like like you people are you can tell when somebody's on Instagram because like they maybe like a picture, right? But on Twitter, you can tell when somebody's online. Like yeah, you can scroll on Twitter and not be tweeted. online. Yeah. But if they're yeah. tweeting and you tweet them, they'll see that response like and get right back to you. The odds of somebody leaving a comment on an Instagram picture and them seeing that comment immediately and responding to that comment is a lot lower than that happening on Twitter. Because I don't, I don't know. Now, like my call I to think. action most of the time now is going to be like DM me mm. on Instagram. That makes more sense. Yeah. I don't get yeah. a lot of comments, but like we probably get between like 30 to 50 DMs a day, depending on the post and the call to action and what's in the stories as well. And then uh, depending on the post, like I'll see my email list subscribers go up that day also. Mm, yeah, I'm going to start using that too. I'm going to start using DMs and stuff because like I've just been noticing like y'all know, just like I know there's those big black platforms that have hundreds of thousands of followers, but like they hardly get any engagements. And even like influencers that came up on Instagram that have like 50,000 followers, you go on their live, I swear to God, it'd be like 20 people. And that's because, I think like, I think that has a lot to do with the algorithm, though, because Instagram has been kind of switching their algorithm. Mm-hmm. No, no because, no, because I haven't been on Instagram that long. And I went from literally, what, 300 followers to 5000 followers over the past three months. Right? So you think uh, users are more engaging on Twitter than Instagram? Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And it's because, like, especially if you look at <laughs> how most people grow on Instagram, like it's not really through engagement. It's like, you know. Instagram, your your stuff grows through like people sharing your content. Right. Somebody mm-hmm. sharing your content does not require them to interact with you at all. They literally yeah. just have to share and they post to their story, you know. But like on Twitter, you know, it's going to be actual conversation. It's going to be people are going to actually be talking to you. But on Instagram, it's like, all right, somebody sees something, they might learn from it, they might share it, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to interact with you. Their interaction might literally be just. I'm gonna send you the 100 emoji. Yeah. So yep. that's the difference between like Twitter and Instagram and like these big uh, influencers that I see on there, they go live and they barely have anybody on their lives and they have like 20, 30, 40, 50,000 followers. But it's like, you don't have a genuine connection with them. Those people that are following you. It's like, oh, this person, they dropped dope content. Let me just share it and put it on my story. Cause anybody can search through their IG story nowadays. All you're gonna see is other tweets, other people's quotes, maybe some mm-hmm. video clips, stuff like that. But it's hardly people actually making their own content and really engaging. And that's why I love Twitter's fleets, right? Because I rarely post fleets. But when I post fleets, I get over 3,000, maybe 4,000 views mm-hmm. in one day. And so recently, I've gotten kind of into artist management. And I have an artist 
And, you know, I've just been studying social media for him. And like, he's dropped a lot on Instagram. And of course, you know, he has his own Instagram page, but just like the engagement on Twitter, dropping just a sneak peek of a video that we did from last summer, we got over 4,500 views on it on my, on my uh, fleet in 20 hours, like not even a full 24 hours. And you're not going to get that many views on Instagram. Like that, if you guys do this, like if you drop that, so I'll go and record a story, I'll download mm -hmm. it. And then I'll post like that first 15 seconds on the timeline on Twitter. Yeah. And like, I get Mm -hmm. between 2000 to 25,000 views, depending on like the time, what I look like and the topic, of course, but (laughs) my fleets, the fleet views will go up also. And then I have that call to action to DM me. DMs go crazy too. So I think like, and I guess if, I don't know why people prefer to DM, but like, because they don't want to be seen. I was about to say, yeah, niggas love everything in secrecy. Look, they don't just don't want to be seen. They're like, they'll just ask you a simple question. And I get it. I get why, because like I told you, I got better at like trying not to be condescending when people ask me simple ass questions because I just understand. I have to understand that not everybody thinks like me so people I guess have gotten to a point where you know how like we shame people on Twitter and stuff like that like y'all niggas need to use Google type shit like now people do not want to ask questions and I understand Mm -hmm. and I get it they do not want to ask questions on the timeline and they come into the DMs like all timid and shit like hey how you doing I hope you're having a beautiful day I just want to ask you um what was that book that you were talking about yesterday thank you if you don't see this and I'm like yo it's okay I promise you, I'm not a mean person, but I understand it because we made it such a thing. Like, y'all niggas need to use Google, and they still need to use Google. They do. Right. I was about to say, specify <laughs> that. Y'all niggas still got to use Google. <laughs> but I guess it, that whole not asking questions on the timeline thing, and I love when people ask questions on the timeline because that's how I've learned so much is being right. like a people watcher and being like nosy. Like, when I first met Bees, she would always be talking about uh, other things like, um, was it? I think it was a high yield savings account. You you're introduced a high yield savings account or whatever. And before I even asked her, I just was looking at her tweets and plugging her tweets into like Google and figuring out what the fuck she was talking about. And I would have never been able to do that if the person that asked her that question just DM'd her like, hey, you know, and she yeah, ended up going into like a whole thread. Cause yeah, me too. Like it causes like more of a community and more people will engage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I was wondering that too. Or they'll add one to it or just add another question. I like yeah. I prefer people asking questions on the timeline personally. Yeah, because it sparks a conversation. Like one person will start like perfect example. Uh somebody asked me, What was my favorite Lil Wayne song? I know you guys remember the Lil Wayne night when we all went crazy on Lil Wayne song. Somebody asked my favorite Lil Wayne song and I started talking about Lil Wayne and then like five other people started talking about Lil Wayne. And next thing you know, everybody on the timeline was having like a Lil Wayne nostalgia moment and people were just sharing their favorite songs. Like this same thing happens when we talk about anything else. People, one person will have a question and then another person will start talking about their input on it. And it, like we said, it creates a community and it creates a conversation. it creates a conversation, not like... Okay, you know, I'm just going to share it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think Ari probably has one of the best strategies, like just DM me, you know, like they can DM and get better, more information or DM and actually have a real conversation. But like, like I said, the comments and what I've been seeing and what I've been trying so far is like, you know, if you agree with this, drop an emoji, like I'm done with that. I ain't doing that no more. Like it's not really, it don't like it. The comments really help you in the sense of that's what the um, IG, IG algorithm likes. Like they like the comments. Mm-hmm. 
they like to see that. Like it helps you um, boost up in the algorithm. But like, I'd rather people like you want comment, like actually write something. I don't want to see no more. Yeah. Like, because it, with, with that, with that it's just about numbers. It's just like, oh, this person got two million comments or this person got a million comments. Right. And then it'll be all two million comments worth of emojis rather than a hundred thousand comments of people actually having discussions. Actually talking, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't see the good shit on IG. You see the stuff that you just see the stuff that looks pretty, but mm-hmm. you don't see the actual content that you want to see because everybody's going like, hey, like this or add a heart emoji if you agree with this or something like that. And it's right. like two million heart emojis and this post is at the top, but the post with all the juice is at the bottom because they don't do stupid shit like that. Yeah, and this is why to, I like Twitter. <laughs> gotta adjust your expectations and strategy for each platform. Cause like IG yeah. isn't built for depth. I was just about to say, like, I think Twitter wins because they never, yeah, they never, I think Twitter wins because they never changed their business model. It's always been basically like a live forum where like IG, it started off as literally you just share your pictures with friends and then they started doing all this extra shit with lives and stories and it's just like more meaningless way to like show your life. But like, like you were saying, like for people, it's not like a a platform where it's like, I'm gonna shout you out for your content. Really? Not really. I've seen people, you know, rip people off with their like words or whatever like that. It's just like, I see some cool shit. I want to share it with my friends. I don't care if I engage with whoever created it or or whatever. And I think that's probably why I don't like IG that much. I think IG is for awareness. Twitter is for engagement. YouTube is for education. And then your email list is for selling. For me yeah. personally, Instagram is for people that like to look at shit, and Twitter yeah. is for people that like to reach. Shit. Reach shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just because if I find a good thread, I'll be like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have never been like, a time I've been on Instagram and I looked at one picture and I'd be like, you know what? I want to look at more pictures. No, <laughs> I just it's just not. That's just not me. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just that my brain is not wired to just look at visual stuff all day. All the time, I like yeah. To, yeah, I like to read things. And that's why I like the fact that Twitter has video and picture. And you can read. Like, you can go on some people's pages and they only have words. Like, they don't post any pictures. Like, some journalists. Like, you just mm-hmm. literally read all day. And then there's some people that post pictures and some people that do a good mixture. Hey, Cy. <laughs> and... Hey, that's what makes Twitter the best because, like you said, they kept it simple. Like, you're just gonna come here and talk. That's what y'all here to do. Y'all can talk, y'all can share information. We're not gonna switch it up, right? Like, and Twitter is about to add Twitter spaces. So, I think this is probably like a good segment into Clubhouse. So, when I so basically, if you aren't aware, Clubhouse has reached a billion dollar valuation, and some black people feel as if um black people are old equity and making <clears throat> what it is today making it a pop-in app and like where people want to be at so like somebody on there when i was i was listening to the conversation yesterday somebody was saying that um you know black people they clubhouse is the first platform that allowed black people people to really just share their knowledge and not their bodies and their look and the entertainment and i was just thinking that's not right. Like you must not be on Twitter. Cause I, I was just thinking like, you know, I was anonymous on Twitter for years, like eight years. I, st- I still am. Right. And, yeah. And, and get Buku enga- engagement. Like, right. You don't need to show who you are. It's like, you just been on those platforms. Just like you said, Instagram is for looks. YouTube mm-hmm. is a video platform, but you can still have information on YouTube without even 
showing who you are. There's people that do straight voiceovers on YouTube and have mm -hmm. millions of subscribers. So it's really what you make it. And even I think about this, like Cece, um, six figure chick, you know, rest in peace to her. I still think about her. She hardly showed who she was. Right, she right. 100,000 subscribers. So black people aren't always focused on looks and stuff like that. Now, mind you, this guy, he was not a black American. Um, he was African. So maybe he got a different outlook. I don't know. But I'm like, you you don't really know black people like that. If you're saying that we it's all about looks and you can't, and it's the first platform where you can build a following without actually showing who you are and stuff like that. Like that's, that's completely false. That's one thing that gets my nerves. If you aren't a black American, stop talking about black Americans. He obviously Period. never listened to MF Doom because I still don't know what he looked like. So <laughs> right. <laughs> Rest in peace to him too. Why would you have so much to say if you've never been here? Yeah, or like never lived here. Like, how the fuck would you? We know? don't live the same life. <laughs> look, I look at hate as love in disguise. So those people, people all around the world, got a lot of love for Black Americans. Because they talk about us every day. Every day. They wake up and think about us. They go to sleep and dream about us. You they know make I their own music that, that emulates <laughs> us. Look, yeah. It's not a bad thing. I take it as like a compliment. You know what I'm saying? Like you go all the world over the world. They they release in Korean trap music. Like yeah. Atlanta what? trap. They be releasing yeah. Korean trap music. Like like you got yep. trap music in parts Real of music, London. All that. Yeah. And they talking about bandos and stuff. And I'm like, me as somebody that grew up in Atlanta, like on the east side of Atlanta, I'm like, bandos. Italians do the bandos? same thing. <laughs> Y'all got Italians do drill music too. <laughs> like what? Like I grew up on the east side and the south side of Atlanta. So when people like, oh yeah, who's in the trap? I'm like the trap. Like in Korea? For real? They got traps over there? Like, I'm sure drug dealing and gonna shit happens. You let me know what's going on over there. But, like, I feel I look at it as, like, everybody tries to emulate Black Americans. They got the music. You have the way people, like, dress and, like, you know, the culture, the slang, the way we talk, everything. And then they turn around and be like, Black Americans this, Black Americans that. And I just look at it as, like, look, it's really just kind of like a jealous, like, love. Like, jealous. You kind of, you love us so much. You want to be us. And you can't be us. So then you just spew hate. So I take it as a compliment. <laughs> I want them to shut the fuck up. I be hating <laughs> seeing that shit. Like when I see people say black Americans, then I go to your profile and you live in fucking Nigeria. Like, be like, how are you like no what? <laughs> what do you mean we have no culture? What do you mean we have no culture? We the same ones that had y'all walking white tees under fucking jerseys. There's nobody in nowhere else is wearing that shit but black Americans. That motherfuckers is rocking tall tees and jerseys in other countries and shit. Like. Everybody wanted to be Black Americans. Like, they listen to the, our music. They, like, everything. Like, you go to other countries. I'm pretty sure all of you guys have gone to other countries and seen the same shit. Like, you hear the radio station. You're like, yep. damn. Y'all listen to Black American music. Here? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, and in Japan and, like, Asian countries, they stay having, like, R&B playing in, like, all yeah. the stores. They're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they, that's what they be having playing when you go in the store. So, it is, it's pretty crazy. But, but what do y'all think about what people were saying with Clubhouse? Like, do you think that they owe us? No. No. But what do y'all think? Unless like, you look, if you invested in Clubhouse, then yes, you are owed. If you know, if the valuation comes up, because that's what happens to initial investors. But just because you decided to spend your time on another app where you didn't read the terms and service, terms of service or agreement, whatever the fuck they that never is called, do. 
does not mean you are entitled to that. You decided to give that app your energy. Like I say this all the time, like we as black people have to stop giving all of these different apps and platforms, everything in our all and building up these followings and then get mad when they, they make money on us, off of us. Cause that's just a game. Like Twitter, I'm sure is making a lot of money off of my impressions. Like I'm pretty sure they're making a lot of money off all four of our impressions. Like, but that's the game. We know it. What do we do? We got our own website. We have our own shit going. We funnel our all of our traffic to our shit. That's the game. So it's like, if you're on Clubhouse, you can't say, oh, they owe us money because they don't owe you shit. You decided to give up your free time and go and sit on there and talk and hype them up so much where everybody was talking about them. Now they about to get their valuation. You're not going to get a check. That's life. <laughs> For being a then Black people had a platform. Remember the nigga that started the Black, like a literally Black Twitter platform? And what did y'all niggas do? Y'all oh, ran him away. There was some kind of there was some kind of controversy with that. I forgot what it was. There was some kind of controversy with that. But you are right. I thought he started going in on everybody because niggas was like saying shit about him. I guess because like I don't know. Like the perception. I feel like what I hate the most is like I feel like black people love to compare us to like white platforms because I I remember people getting mad at him that. the black Twitter side had like a bunch of like bugs and shit, but it's like, he's literally the only nigga working on it. Nobody else was at, <laughs> nobody was helping him. Nothing. All you were doing was complaining. Like yeah. Twitter don't do this. Like bitch, Twitter has how many employees there? Like, <laughs> like I just didn't get the whole thing. He was really I trying to do an honest thing. Like really try to have us our own platform. And all niggas did was just shit on him. Yeah. Complained, but didn't put up a check. Look, we have no rights to Clubhouse, okay? Like, I'm not on Clubhouse like that. I've gone on there, a, like, less than five times because people ping me in rooms, like Hugo or Nito ping me in the home inspector rooms. But other than that, like, I, I hardly get on Clubhouse. So, like, y'all if moaning you on and there shit all day, on there, queef contests and shit. Like, Girl, that shit is terrible. Like, that shit is terrible. Like, when I seen that shit that Bees was talking about, how the nigga was like, you should own prison stocks. Okay, I'm an, I'm cool right. on Oh, and, and about that. So somebody came up underneath my tweet and he was like, see, you didn't even listen to the conversation. Well, the reason why I didn't listen is because there's there's no way at all, in my opinion, to where that could ever make sense. And right. this is what he's saying is their strategy. He's like, we can do a hostile takeover if we purchase enough shares to take over these companies. And he told me <laughs> so the they're like, so they're like, yeah, let's invest in torturing niggas for a little bit. No, we can this, sacrifice those niggas, but in no, the end, so we this, eventually gonna own the company, take over. Right. Yeah. That's kind. Of, that's kind of what they're saying. So they're just like, um, I yeah, sacrifice you know, my damn uncle for your. No, fuck that. There's a different way we can do this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really don't make sense. So I looked at it and he was like, yeah, I mean, we can do it with like $19 million. And I'm like, I went and ran the numbers. I'm like, it's not $19 million. It's actually more like $70 million. Like, you know how prisons are it's billions. Billions. What are you going to do with all those people? The, I don't know. He said he said they was going to be able to cause reform from the inside. I'm like, uh, you better off just trying to be a politician and actually change the laws versus saying you about to buy a bunch of shares. Like at the end of the day, until you get to the point where you have enough shares to actually do this hostile takeover like you're trying to do, which I don't I still don't <laughs> think it's possible. Yeah, Even hostile takeover over 50 percent. Um, it's not like it's gonna get you a seat at the board table. So, you you gotta pull first of all, you can't be talking about it on Clubhouse. Second of all, you gotta pull the banker 
a card. And yeah, have, and, and, you're not and supposed a, to be talking about hostile takeovers. Like it's not something you just broadcast. And then you, <laughs> like you, you as a black person talking about you gonna buy up a bunch of shares of a company. Somebody's probably gonna step in and, and stop this. And so you hell have no, to you it. not nigger. You have hell to do no, you not. Not on you my watch. <laughs> you have to do that under the radar. You can't be on Clubhouse talking about illegal shit. Yeah. Like, well, so it's not. It's not illegal. So it's just like. They're going to know if it gets big enough, they're going to know what's happening. And with the prices of the shares, like if the prices of the shares continue to rise, it's going to, huh? I thought those were illegal. No, it's not. You can take it. You can do a hostile takeover. That's how they got Apple from Steve Jobs. Interesting. Yeah, that's how they they got. I thought they got it another way. I thought they just voted his ass out. Well, I mean, like basically, that's a hostile takeover. I mean, I mean, I thought they just flipped the votes. Like they, they, the people that were already on the board. Yeah, they, they yeah they voted him out, and they they eventually got everybody to vote him out rather than buy up a bunch of shares of Apple and then yeah. kick his ass out the company. Yeah, yeah, well, but it's it's not illegal to to buy up a bunch of shares and try to take it over, but you can't. Like I said, you can buy up all those shares, but you're not you're not going to be able to take over a company through only shares. You need to be at the board table, like you have to actually have right. a seat at the board table and do stuff like that. But if they you need to do some insider it, shit. <laughs> And basically some insider shit. So like they find out about it. Let's say the price of the shares double. Now, however much money you needed, now you need double the amount you needed before. Because you're so, buying up the shares and you basically playing market maker. Mm-hmm. Basically. So it's like, <laughs> it, it don't make no sense. I'm like, he's like, first, we just got to do this. I'm like, yo, y'all, it, it sounds good, but it's not. He's like, because the person who started the room, he's like, he's been buying a large amount of shares large amount like how much is that if he's not buying millions at a time like yeah let's say how much is that <laughs> what's a large amount these like prisons are worth billions of dollars first of all they get anywhere from 80 to like 200 dollars a day per inmate from the federal government these private prisons so it's like do you know how much money they getting it's not this is not no dollar shares these ain't no 14 dollar shares <laughs> like, i mean i feel him on the whole reform shit because Prison is a is bullshit. Like recidivism, no, the reason why the, the rate is so high is because is it's not designed to reform you. But so right, I feel him on that. But his his you. method is trash. <laughs> like I just but, can't I just can't see that working. I'm not going to sleep at night and sleeping peacefully, knowing that I invest in right in, in private prisons trying <laughs> yeah. to take it over. Like no. I just couldn't do that. Like I don't think they understand that throughout this whole process, you're going to be benefiting off of what you don't like about private prisons while you're trying to accumulate all these shares. Torture. Yeah. Period. And I'm sure he had niggas in there geeked up off that shit too. They probably went and bought some. I'm sure they did. And that's the sad part. I was underneath my Twitter talking about it. So he was like, this is going to work. I said, hey, good luck to you. But well, how, okay, so how, so niggas always like to say to us, Black people don't got money to do that. We can't do that. Like, are you are you tone deaf? But all of a sudden, when dumbass ideas like this come up, now you got money. <laughs> so what's the truth? You got money or you don't? I hate that look, stupid shit. Like look, what? I'm not. I'm not investing in slavery. That is modern day slavery. It's right there in the Constitution. I ain't with it. I'm good. I'll continue building my business and being a politician. I'm going to go work my (laughs) nine to five and be a regular black American. I'm going to do it the American way and buy up the politics. (laughs) (laughs) Do it the American way and keep holding. 
Keep on holding. Yeah. Bitcoin 2050. <laughs> we out here. <laughs> we all can't buy Bitcoin, Tara. Look, look. I don't look. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Ain't that what niggas be saying to y'all? We don't got money. It's a pandemic. But a dumbass nigga hop on Clubhouse talking about buying prison stocks and y'all got money. Oh I can't believe that shit. Niggas. I cannot <laughs> believe this shit. Look, but they be coming at us. Look, I just want to say, hey, I'd rather buy up the block than buy up a fucking prison because that is horrible. Right, right. Yo, but <laughs> there is a um a CEO on Clubhouse, Isaac Hayes. He's creating like a competition or a um rival app to Clubhouse. And his app is more than Clubhouse. Um, And it's called Fanbase. And I invested in his app. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let these opportunities keep passing me by. So I invested in his app. I downloaded it. Like he has monetization from day one. And like, I mean, it looks pretty good. It works pretty good. So I I checked it out. Um, Maybe y'all should look at it too. But yeah, I mean, I think that being able to invest into these startups uh, is going to be something very big for us. Like, because if we can get into these startups at the ground floor, like literally even like whatever the minimum amount is, like, Sometimes the minimum is a hundred. Sometimes it's two something, two hundred something dollars. So, uh, if you're able to get in at the ground floor, and let's say the company does become a billion dollar company, like you just turned your money that you invested from like two hundred dollars into twenty thousand dollars. So, like, and that's like real life stuff. You can yeah. actually do those type of things. Um, I think they were saying somebody invested in Uber in the pre-seed rounds and turned five thousand dollars into ten million dollars so like these are real things so i was like look i'm gonna get behind this black owner and i'm gonna invest in his app and when it's time like once he starts dropping his clubhouse stuff and stuff like that i'll get on there and i'll start supporting it so you think he's gonna take over uh clubhouse Honestly, I think that Clubhouse, they need to have a lot of um, a lot more features. And yeah. once Clubhouse becomes open to the community, like what's going to be the Clubhouse draw? That's what I like about the yeah, uh, fan base app. The fan base app is more than just a drop in audio. Like it's going to be much more than that. You can post pictures, videos, you can do drop in audio, stuff like that. But like once Clubhouse opens up to the public, what's going to be the difference between Clubhouse and Twitter spaces? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Nothing. Twitter's going to take it back over. Yeah, like I think we'll see what happens. You know, we'll definitely see what happens with that. But I just like how I like how the fan base app is set up and I want to see where it's going. And it's a black owner. He was able to raise over two million dollars pretty quickly. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and he started his whole campaign on Clubhouse. He was over. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was able to raise (laughs) over 2 million. That's what I'm like. Look, you got to use these platforms and actually leverage them. You can't sit and complain. You can leverage it and make whatever you want out of all these platforms. Mm -hmm. Look, I think it's it's awesome that you talk about that getting in at the ground floor because, Mm -hmm. excuse me, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. But uh, my aunt, she told me about a, a long time ago, I think it was like 1999, Netflix was like actually in Atlanta and they were looking for investors and they went to like this kind of like a, I guess they had like a seminar at like a, the mall cap Cobb Galleria or whatever over there. And I guess somebody, one of her friends ended up investing in it and ended up doing really well, but she never invested in it. But if you think about that, like if I had the opportunity to invest in Netflix, like right now, and I knew it would be what it is today. Like you said, you could turn $200 into $20,000. 
Right. And, and like I said, there's a lot of ways now. So um, come March, the SEC is changing the rules. So now people who aren't accredited investors, uh, they'll be able to invest in these companies like more easily. They already can do that. Uh, but the limit used to be like 1.07 million, but now companies can raise up to 5 million starting in March. So it's going to be a lot more opportunity to get into these startups at the ground level compared to before, where it was like it was based off of who you knew. So, you know, if you see companies that you're already familiar with, you know, and they, they have a, a public raising that you can get into, you might want to think about it. Like you, it's going, you're going to see a lot of people become wealthy off of investing into startups. Now, a lot of startups do fail. So don't, don't get that twisted. A lot yeah. fail. So yeah. I would definitely invest in the ones that you think like ones that have a product already. And then two ones that, you know, they have a good CEO behind them and feel like that they're going to be able to push the app and get it to where you think it needs to be at. So I know niggas are going to ask and shit I'm asking, where do you go to find like, uh, like your startups that you think you want to invest in? Do you have like a specific website or? Yeah, there's this app called Republic. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah, so Republic's okay. pretty dope. Um, and then Start Engine, that's another website. Uh, those are the two that I'm familiar with, but I'm sure there's going to be more popping up for people. Yeah, that, for uh, sure. Crowdfund and stuff like that. But yeah, so the Republic app is pretty dope. And Start Engine, those are two places you can go. All right, you've been quiet. What you doing over there? Just listening. <laughs> <laughs> like this yeah. isn't this isn't you know my my lane, right? I don't like to. I don't want to say I don't like to talk about stuff that like I haven't done myself, but I just don't feel like I have anything to contribute because I haven't. So it's more so just me like listening. Well, what's well, your right. thoughts on Clubhouse? I mean, you guys know how I am. I'm very big about like what I call 360 ownership. I don't know if I made that up or if I read it somewhere. So don't drag me. But, um, you know, I'm big about owning as much as possible, physical, digital, like all across the board. So none of these apps are free, first of all. At minimum, you're giving them hella data, Mm -hmm. like more data than you're even aware of, which Mm -hmm. is very, very valuable for them. So it's like, are you going to, are you going to pimp? Are you going to get pimped? (laughs) Right. You know, people are like, Oh, you don't need to monetize everything, turn everything into a business. Okay. Well, if that's your mindset about it, then why do you have anything to say about clubhouse's valuation? Like, you know, yeah, but that same energy. Yeah. I feel like any place that you're spending a lot of time at, you should at least be making money off there. And it's not that hard to make money nowadays. Like you real live, you could end up dropping Robin hood links, Weeble links, anything that you like and that mm-hmm. you use, you could drop those links and make money off of it like all day, every day. Like it's not like it's at not like when people say like hey, work, you know, your hourly uh, rate at work, like shit. You're on the app all day. You might as well. You might as well at least make some money off of it. So in and okay. us saying this, I'm not saying like you gotta turn all your hobbies into something you get paid off of, but mm-hmm. like if you spend in all day on something. You should at least be getting paid because yep. we don't have time to waste. Like time is money. So if you're spending all day on there, you better at least be making like $20 a day off that app. Like I would aim for $20 you, you a day. They're playing with us. You're seeing how they're playing with us with these stimulus checks. You're seeing how black businesses were affected with not being mm-hmm. able to get these loans for whatever reason it mm-hmm. is. Right. So it's like 
I think we're at a point in time where it's no longer an option to have multiple streams of revenue. We're at a point in time where the pandemic accelerated the timeline. So now it's like, you have to, you see how they're playing in our fucking face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then $20 a day is $7,300 a year. So just to, just to keep that in mind, you know, like you literally, like I said, you can do affiliate marketing, which is nothing but dropping a link. And if Mm -hmm. somebody decides to purchase or if somebody decides to download, you get paid. So Mm -hmm. it's not, you do need to disclose though, that it is an affiliate link. That too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely disclose that it's affiliate link. I mean, you don't even have to own a full-fledged business. You can have like a little small side hustle. You still have to report the income to the IRS, but they don't make you become a full business if you're just out here getting a couple extra hundred dollars a month doing something that you could just easily do. People think that it's super hard to, you know, make an extra, you know, a couple dollars, and it's not. $20 a day is not hard. You put your mind to it, you can do it. You can probably do 40 yeah that's more than what these stimulus checks are going to hit for yeah and well, if they, you they for money, what six dollars a day <laughs> if you don't want the money fuck give it to your mom give it to your family donate it look it doesn't hurt to get another skill get a hobby that pays it's fun but, don't but like you were saying, like people it. don't have a choice, though. Like before you'd be like, "Nah, I don't want to get another job or I don't want to have a side hustle. I'm cool with what I got. But I think the pandemic really showed people you can't be cool with your one source of income. No, it times up. You at least <laughs> have to figure out where you can get some passive income. Yeah, something. No, you because. don't have to be a business owner and none of that other shit. But you need another source of income. Mm-hmm. You definitely do. You catch COVID and you can't work for two to six weeks. What are you going to do? How are you going to eat? That's a fact. Right. You always want to be able to make money some way, somehow. Like the power, this is what really changes your life. Once you realize you have the power to create money at any point in time, mm-hmm. that changes your whole life. It changes yep. your mm-hmm. mindset, changes the way you look at anything. Like, wow, I can make money on demand. I don't have to go trade an hour of my time. Or even right. if you did have to trade an hour of your time, I can make money on demand with these skills that I have. Mm-hmm. Look, that's the know, most important thing. Like, And you can set your price. For those Whatever of you feel like it's like, worth it. For those of us who've monetized our email list, how did you feel the moment you realized I could just send an email and make four to five figures in 24 hours? Amazing. Amazing. I was about to say, so no bullshit. I got, I just sent, when I did that event, um, I just sent the email about the event and like within probably 20 minutes, 20 niggas had paid for their ticket and I got like the affiliate money on it. That shit was wild. Just for telling people about something that would help them and benefit them or that they're interested in learning more about. Uh That's it. I send emails all the time and, and, and make money off of them. Well, people will just click on my website from the email and go uh, buy the Stackerfield manual or go buy the mobile home guide. And it's like, if you're already on Twitter and you have people engaging with you and you have mm-hmm. that like that trust and rapport with them, and 
you see, I never do shady stuff. I'm very straight up. Like this is an affiliate link. Go mm-hmm. sign up for, or go apply for my program. I'm, I'm very straight up about shit and people don't mind the ones who are interested and want to take that step. They're like, Hey, thank you. I've been looking for something like this. Thank you for telling fucking limitless Medu's uh, nootropics. Oh yeah. I know you're killing it right now with the affiliate. I know you got a lot of people to buy because of you. He owes me some money. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to drop my name with the coupon. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's going to go towards the bottle money since I'm not going to get this on the back end. He can, he can buy his bottle with that that tweet he sent out. My my commission isn't anything big. It's like ten percent. You know, it's nothing big. But like, I'm I'm mad I didn't do it myself with the nootropic after a gorilla mine ran out. Yeah, like I was like, fuck, he beat me yeah. to it because I was just talking to Josh about it a couple months ago. I was like, we should we should partner on a nootropic. Gorilla mine rushes out, and I have people every day asking me, "What are you taking now? What are you taking now?" And then Madea came out with it and I was like, oh, all right, bet. I'll support. I got you. <laughs> I was like, fuck, so smart. Um, but, you know, I don't even have to really market that. It's people still asking me, what are you using now? Or Ari, can I get your affiliate link? You know, so I think I think there's so much misinformation or people who like put their own bullshit behind, like, you know, marketing and selling and being able to make money. When it's like you got to block those people out and just make sure you can take care of yourself at least. Mm-hmm. Because we all see your job's not guaranteed. The government's not here to help you. So at the end of the day, do you got you? Yep. Can you like definitely hold it down if your job just goes away? Right. That's my job. They like we'll let you know it's safe to come back to work. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> First, it was like two weeks, then it was a month, then it was, we'll let you know. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to be flipping these Nintendo Switches and these barbells. We're going to get it cracking. (laughs) Like, could you imagine if Scrap and Reese, like, never put together Hypernova, were never telling people or never sharing, like, how they resell stuff and how they run it up and make money? Exactly. Between that, my email list, and... Like I've seen someone like buy their mom a new car, buy themselves a new car, buy a house, buy a ring for their fiance. Like they're helping people like do shit they'd never be able to do or do it a lot sooner. And then during mm-hmm. a pandemic also. I was, think that what, the what I love, hypernova is like, they're really showing people how to get money in a totally unconventional way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think people love that shit because you know everyone's like, I don't want to be a business owner, blah blah blah. They complain like I don't want to do these things, but like, re like resale, like how, that's not that hard. But the the <laughs> best part is it, it. it's a whole com- the community. It's like it's all you know how we have our corner of Twitter. There's yeah. like I would say like eighty percent of our corner of Twitter is in Hypernova. Like you can learn about doing most of this shit in that group. And that's what makes it so great because it's like, okay, pandemic starts, right? They double down, like, okay, well, fuck it. We add this channel, this channel, this channel, this channel. We're going to keep adding more. Excuse me. So people have all these different ways of getting money. And it just adds more to the community in the, the corner that we already have. So shout out to Recent Scrap. Yep. You know, and I also want to just like explain what Hypernova is as well. Like, because I saw people like hating saying it to MLS. Oh, pyramid scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not what those guys are doing at all. They're basically finding like 
items. So like, let's say like the PlayStation, right? They're telling people, hey, buy these, buy this item, hold it for a bit, and then you can resell it for more than what you paid and you take the profit. You didn't even have to hold those. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfuckers was flying. <laughs> That's all that they're doing in that group. And then there's like sports betting. Uh, there's a bunch of shit in there that you can like. Parlay, do. parlay. Yeah, cards, fucking sports cards, Pokemon cards, all that shit. So, like, it's not an MLM and, you know, always just do your own research and figure it out for yourself. But that is not what they're doing at all as far as, Make a ton of money in there. And when the WNBA season comes back, I'll be back again. I went 22-0 on the the picks. You want to make some money, come fuck with the kid. I'm just saying. (laughs) We make money in, in Hypernova. They're scared. They don't want to make money. It's a scam. They charge you to get in there. It's a scam. God forbid they, you know, pay the expenses to operate the Discord, have all those bots to tell you what to buy, put on, like, run it as a company. God forbid they come. God forget. Look, look, the whole thing, look, let somebody make some money. Oh my God, it's an issue. Let somebody be able to feed their kids and pay their bills. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. Or Crap was saying, like, I can't believe, like, I'm doing, like, everything legal now. Because like, I never thought yeah. this would be my life. That made I'm me just, happy when I seen that, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I make yeah, all but legally now. <laughs> like, God forbid, you know, a black man has a legal operation going on where he actually makes money and pays taxes and, like, and he, he home at night with his kids and, and, like, you know, peeing out here in the streets, in and out of jail. Oh my God, we, we oh. should all be in uproar. <laughs> the man is paying his taxes and he has a business oh. where he actually helps people make money. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, and he pays his people on time. Like, good goodness gracious. But they got a, so big that I was legit in like GameStop maybe a few days ago and niggas were talking about them because they wanted the PS5 and they were talking about them. Like, yeah, there's this group um, that buys up everything and then resells it. But the white lady in there was like, <laughs> I mean, I was going to give them the resale money, but I just can't believe they bought up everything because I was up waiting because she was trying to get this shit for her son and she claimed she was up waiting and she hit refresh one time and them joints were gone. Well, you should have gave her money. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the power to, yet, at least yet, to buy every single PlayStation right. across the world. Right. You know? They're just, I, I would probably say at this point, they're probably just the most well-known right now. Yeah, for sure. And when they do, we get pallets. Pallets of PlayStation 6s. What, when they drop PlayStation every seven years? Y'all better get y'all bread up. You got seven years. They all, Once they fi- figure out this is a black-run establishment, they're going to put in laws where y'all can't resell no more. Fuck out of here. <laughs> you, China still exists. You forgot. My grandfather Chinese. I'll go over there with, with a quickness. They, they're trying they, to ban bots. They're trying to really ban bots. Walmart is is trying to like get all the retailers behind banning bots. So that's got me a little nervous with my bot written business. And it, and if they ban them, guess what? I cook most of my playstations manually, so they're gonna have to ban the manuals too. <laughs> hey, what about these new Jordans though? The blue, the Varsity Jordans. Can I cook those manually? Look, I'm, I'm gonna cook. I'm, I'm gonna try to cook manually. manually. I'm paying for slots. Yeah. I'm putting yeah, it you, in my You're not gonna be able I to cook those. Yeah, I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to get those ones and the fours, the the uh, two pay fours or whatever. Did you get the? Did you get the the the, the form? What? Huh? For no. money? For money? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, but he, I, I think he sent it to me. I gotta fill it out, but like, yeah, fill it out, fill it out for real. Yeah, I need to fill it Can out, I but you know, they pushed it back a month. Wait, what? They pushed it back. We got you. We got you. Okay. The the fours, yeah, those fours, they pushed them back a month. I, I okay. Eight and a half. Look, so. everybody <laughs> be saying, "Oh, we not gonna get these shoes," and somehow, some way, between my laptop, that iPad, and these two iPhones, your girl be cooking. So I either cook like one <laughs> pair or two pairs, and every time I cook a pair, that's a bargaining chip. Hey, let me get this size. <laughs> Or let me get this size. And if I cook two pairs, then I'm really good because, boom, I got my size and another size to sell. <laughs> it works. And I haven't even built my PC yet. I'm waiting until I move into my new condo to build my PC so I actually have space for a screen and desk space. When I do that, I'm going to be buying. You're going to have, is Quan going to build your, I, I feel like we're just talking now, but fuck it. Is Quan going to It don't matter. Quan's going to build my PC. I got a couple people like Reese has been helping me since forever, like understand the whole buying game. So between yeah. Reese and Sean, shout out shoe game heavy. Yeah. And I need money. Shout out. I need money. I'm pretty much going to be the shoe queen. So I better get your motherfucking pockets up. Cause I'm gonna have all the sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put my order in with you also. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, we just go throw it in the group text. Like, Hey, if you want these, how lovely. Yes, I do. So I'm really just getting shoes for myself. I have no desire to buy like a hundred pairs of shoes. Like botting and stuff is cool, but I understand that it's like a, it's a whole like playing field. People don't. Yeah, like it's work. a lot it's, of work. You gotta be on it. You you really gotta be on it. And I'd be like, look, I don't have time for this. That's why I ran out the box because I do not have mm-hmm. time. Yo, you know I'm Central Time now. I ain't trying to wake up at six a.m. to set up no daggone bot. Like, and then I might not get them. But no. I already be up every morning at like five a.m. So I'm I'm gonna have like a little cook set up. It's it's gonna be I'm gonna be able to go for a certain amount of shoes, and that's it. If I hit, I hit. If I don't, I don't. But you know, I want the the Kith and um, Simpson shit too. That Simpson shit, yeah. I'm chilling on everything right now. I gotta like pack up my whole spot and like do some things. I've been sh- look. I've been shopping too much this month. <laughs> yes, look. I need to stop. I like. I got so many pairs of shoes. These shoes. It's just. I didn't know they was dropping this many sneakers around Christmas. Like I just <laughs> didn't know it was gonna be like this. Like all these shoes, and then these fours about to come out, and these royal blues about to come out, and there's some shoes coming out in March too. But like, um, I think I forgot what they are. These you might know. They're blue. They're not the royal blues. There's another pair of shoes coming out in March. I think they're blue and white. I don't know. But like every time I go in a Nike store, it's just too much. It's too much. This is why I'm glad I'm back at work. Me to God of Frames, and he has. Look, I don't even want to talk about sunglasses. I don't need to be wearing no sunglasses. I don't even see the sun. I'd be at work all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you uh, already talking about jig, like once you get you, you got to really be careful with that game. Once you get into vintage frames and. Just like the high end frames, that kind of life is, is crazy. Like it's it's hard to stop buying them, but like they do hold their value. So you buy it and you're like, oh, I don't want any more. You could always sell them later, and some of them like appreciating value. But yeah, it's like I, I try to stay away. I haven't bought any frames since I was overseas. I'm like, oh well, that's a lie. I bought bought one pair of Chanel's, but I'm trying to really stay away <laughs> from them because they add up. They really do add up, man. Like. 
That's why I think it's like everybody got buffs now. They gonna hold their value for sure. So mm-hmm. what are buffs? Okay, so what are buffs? Cartiers. Cartiers. Like just that brand? No, it's a certain style of Cartiers. Oh. Yeah, it's a buffalo horn. So the so the uh, actual like the part that goes over your ears, that side part is yeah. made out of buffalo horn. Oh. So yeah, that's why they look like that, and that's why they cost more. Um, and then they also have Cartier also has wood. So they have different kind of wood um, frames that they have as well, shades that they have. So it's like a bunch of different stuff. Like they got their frames can have platinum. It can be titanium. It can be 24 karat gold. Like it gets pretty crazy. So, and it's not cheap. Look, he got me with the last pair of Chanel. I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, but I already fell in love with them. So I was like. <laughs> I've never spent this much money on a single pair of fucking glasses, but all right. I guess. Look, I'm trying not to. I have to mute him now because he keeps putting shit I like up there. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm good for wow. New Year, February. My this whole being an adult stuff is like, I'm looking at rugs. I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Mm-mm. But that's why not. That's are, a lot of. Why are nice rugs like rugs four to six thousand dollars? Yes, like this dresser I wanted. I was like, why is that four figures? Like, <laughs> it's not even like eleven hundred dollars. It's like thirty eight hundred dollars. I'm like, damn. <laughs> it only has four drawers and it. it don't even have like six drawers. <laughs> it's a lot of money. And I'm looking at furniture because I'm like, every time I go get some Ikea stuff, it doesn't really last long. So, like, now that I'm moving, I want to, like, actually invest in some furniture. But, like, damn. I was trying to go for, like, something a little bit lower. And they giving me, like, high value. <laughs> this shit is expensive. And then, like, TVs are cheap. That's, that was easy. But everything else? Mm-mm. I'm looking at renting a house that's like four bedrooms, but I'm kind of like, also like, oh shit, maybe I don't want to because I have to furnish the bitch. There's like a play area, so that's one TV, then a living room TV. The TV is your cheapest cost, okay? Yeah, TVs are cheap these days. Look, I've seen a 50-inch Vizio with all the apps on it today at uh, Target. If you see an 80-inch that's a good deal. Let me know. 50 you know, inch for 297. Cool. I was like, you could put that in the bedroom, mount it next to the bed, have it come swoop out with the wall mount. Oh, with like three I don't think I'm going to put TVs in the bedroom, just in like the playroom and then the living room. Girl, get out of here. I got. I need to hear that. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> when I go to sleep, <laughs> I'll be sleeping like a baby. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like having tech in the bedroom for me. Because, you know, I'm very, I, I sleep very sensitive in, um, or I'm sensitive to light. So, like, if the computer light's on or, like, <laughs> anything pokes through, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to wrap in the blanket anyway. I just need to hear. Doom, doom. And then I want to get a big-ass uh, Cal King bed, pitch from the fucking frame to the mattress <laughs> to everything. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, I thought about that. I think I'm going to just keep it a queen this time. I'm going to buy a new bed. But I don't, I don't know, because the king well, that's would okay, do, like, the frame. Anyway. Define short. Because just because you. it's short to you. <laughs> I'm 5'2". Everybody's talking to me. Okay? So you and anybody you date doesn't need to be in a, king, a cow king. 
You know what? I'm not taking to get wings when you get here. Yes, you will. I don't like the way you talk about everybody's talking to me, okay? <laughs> okay, so when I put some heels on, as long as he's taller than me with the heels on, you then we are good to go. You know, oh, like so you, you. you mess with short <laughs> niggas, Tar? I do. Uh, define short. Wait, are you? I don't. Short? I don't agree with. I'm. Uh, we're the same height. I don't agree. Everyone's taller than me. You're, you're five eight, nigga. Yes, we're we are. Same height, Jazz. Yes, we are. Do not lie on this podcast. <laughs> no, I think Jazz is shorter than Tara. Yes. Well, my point still inch, stands. I got an inch taller. Taller than me. If you're a five he, eight, 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 taller. You're tall. What B's doing? B's looks like she's multitasking. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's taller, Tara or Arias? We the same height. They're both pretty short. I don't know. We the same height. <laughs> they're both real short. I have no I idea. Both of you bitches are little, <laughs> but I don't agree that everyone's taller than me. If you're a five eight man, you're a short man. Thank you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even date a nigga that's five eight. Cause you small, you you just as small as me. Oh, I feel like you just as small as me. I mean, you gotta be six feet or above. You gotta be six because you just as small as me. If you're not at least six feet, in my if you a man in my eyes, the hell you about to do? How you about to protect me and you just as small as me, nigga? Does we saying that like you five seven? I am. It, look, if a nigga is five eight, you might as well be five one. Oh my god. <laughs> went off <laughs> and that's my take on it <laughs> wow well so when i put on heels i'm like bitch please don't lie <laughs> <laughs> no because i look i just had to get some i just had to get my heels measured for my sister's wedding and i was looking pretty tall <laughs> where are you <laughs> um so anyways uh <laughs> Jasmine, you are not the same height. We the same height. We got to link up. <laughs> we, when we going to LA? When we going yeah. to LA? So we can get the ruler out and everything. Oh, yeah. are, y'all, are we still going to LA? I'm not going to say when, but like, we got yeah. to go these dips. Oh, God. We got to plan that. It's going to have to be a weekend. never shows up, but this is going to be the closest from wherever she's at. So she might actually pull up this time. Did you just I'm say Jazz to- never shows up? <laughs> I was just in Texas, and what you do to me? Oh, I'm about to fly out to get my hair done. Well, y'all just gotta text me what weekend we're going, and um, you need no, uh, you need to text us when you're available. Right, I'm not available until June, so the you gotta text oh. me what weekend so I can fly out on a Friday night. You gotta tell us when before June, because when do you leave? Bees May. Um, I'm probably leaving in June, but oh yeah, no, no, I leave, I leave LA May, so. Yeah. So just give me a weekend before then. No, bro. As long as it's not the weekend of my sister's wedding. You tell us. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's figure this out off the. We'll just put it in the group text. Just put it in the group text. All right. But honestly, honestly, I don't think men are short. They're like. This is why you have all those spicy ass people in your mentions because you pro shorty. Shorty, you you pro you. That's what pro I call short men. That's what I call him. Look, if a dude's like five nine, he's not short to me. To Ari, he's a midget. If he five nine, he five one. <laughs> that's a woman that's five one. 
Yeah, that's how I feel about niggas. That's not at least six feet. We the same size, nigga. Y'all are funny. <laughs>
So I would just start with like announcing it on your profiles, like, yo, I'm available for this type of service. This is who I'm looking to work for or work with. Obviously having up like a basic website where people can go learn about you. Your face should be on your website so people can see who they're giving money to. Your services and shit should be broken down. It should be easy to like, what's included? What's not included? What does it cost? How do I get started? You know, when you, people don't put that on their website and then they wonder why they're doing all these fucking discovery calls and nobody's booking with them because you're not filtering out the people who aren't serious. Um, And then I think it's just a matter of like organically building up an audience. Um, Something that I did that's worked really well is just like taking what I was doing as a service and whether it was a live or YouTube video teaching other people how to do it. That filtered off again, the people who didn't want to pay me and who wanted to do it themselves. And then it was also like a portfolio piece for the people who were like, all right, I want that done in my business, but I don't want to do it. Can you do this thing for me? So, you know, it's just daily show up, give value and every day remind people what you do, who you do it for and how they can go with you. You know, I feel like that's the basics of it. There's no, I don't, I don't believe in like quick bullshit strategies and tactics. You know, I prefer I'll take the long route and wait it out and like really build a nurtured dope audience who actually does stuff besides nothing. <laughs> Organic is the best way to go. I always say that. Slow and steady. Slow. I'm an, and you know, I've seen, I've seen clients like rapidly build their list, go from like zero, 5,000 range to like 50, 100,000 email subscribers in like a year or two, just with like ads, you know, the quick strategy. And every single one of those clients, I've always noticed that their shit stops working at a certain point because they've burned throughout, they've burnt out their like core audience who they built up organically. And then these people that they build rapidly with, they don't know you. They haven't spent much time with you. So like outside of your freebie, they're not buying from you. So you see like the open rates tank, the launches start to not do as well. And they think, oh, I I can build up a list and build my numbers when like, no, if you're going to build up that list, expect those people not to do anything for three to six, nine months, you know, before they're ready to make a move. You still need to show up on social and do your engagement and shit like that. So anyway. What do you say to people that be like, nah, I I don't got time to wait a year. I want to scale quickly and start seeing money in at least 90 days. Go get a job. Uh have fun with the losers go go get a job that's the fastest way to make money go get a fucking job they pay you right away or within two weeks no but honestly i agree it's a process everything is a process people think that it's going to be quick and all that and it's it's not and like you can't be scared to just release whatever it is you're doing like don't worry about your marketing plan don't don't worry about any of that like if you just drop it and then consistently promote and consistently show up, you'll do better than probably like 95% of people. Look, the only way you're going to step into something and make money in the first 90 days is if you paid somebody a lot of money to just show you everything that they know, like an expert. And then you'll make some money in 90 days. But other than that, like if you really want to make some money, you're not going to just step into somebody else's arena and just start printing money in 90 days. Like it's just... That's what they be saying on these courses. You know, the people who are like... Make money in 30 days. You got to think of it like it's dating. That's how I think of marketing and as dating. And first of all, like these business and marketing plans, like your first 
year of business, like your marketing plan is to build an audience and convert your offer. That's it. There's these complex ass marketing plans don't make sense. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't convert, you haven't validated your offer. So that's all you should be concerned about. And then as far as like your marketing strategy and plan, I think of it like dating, right? So, you know, you want to make somebody aware of you and that's through your content or a real life example, like maybe I have on a short dress and I look fly and now I've got your attention, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's the introduction, like, oh, let me tell you about myself and then let me learn more about you. And then when people follow you, that's a sign like, all right, we're moving in the right direction. They want to be around me, get to know me a little bit better, right? And then I'm going to ask you out. I'm going to ask you, you know, to join my email list or to take my quiz or to apply for my program, right? All right, bet. We went on a date. You stayed on my list. Now we're going to keep dating and I'm going to keep trying to take our relationship further, depending on how long you've been here, right? And then I'm going to ask to be monogamous with you. So I might have you on a training, a webinar, apply, right? And then we go together once you enroll in my program, right? We're going to go together for nine months. So all of that takes time. I'm not going to immediately just make you aware of me and then slide in your DMs and be like, yo, apply for my program. I don't even know if you're a fit for this shit, if you'd have success with it. So I think when you guys start to like change your mindset around marketing and business and monetizing social media like just think of it like dating stop moving too fast be cool be unbothered do you and just it'll naturally attract you know whoever's supposed to work with you well Well said on that note are we done yeah we can do that (laughs) b said yeah i see her yawning over there I got to record some videos, man. And Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I don't want to. Hold on. Hold on. I don't want to say it. Ari might be right again, and I'm kind of pissed right now. So About what? This damn video is not exporting. And I'm oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hot. You know what? Also, I figured out is, like, the video quality, once it does finally export, isn't that good. It, like, degrades it, and I put it on the highest one also. But I love the editing feature once it's in there. But the exporting and like the quality, I'm like, nah. I'm pissed. <laughs> so, I'm pissed right now. So I'm like, but if this shit can't edit, if, if I can't export these videos, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you'll, we'll you'll figure it out. All right, yeah. y'all. Well, thanks for listening. Welcome back. And we'll talk to y'all next week. We don't really plan or do topics or anything. Are so. we doing anybody next week? Like, do we have anyone scheduled? We have some options. We can ask Aloe. We can ask uh, a day. Who's going to get, um, what's her name on here? Uh, the chick that does the credit repair. Irene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Aloe, Irene, a day. We have a lot of people who can come up on, you know, it's just a matter of who's available and who's not going to flake on us. We should get Xavier on here. Just him. Or do y'all hate that? Or do y'all or D? Yeah, D. We had them on already. Oh yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. Oh, they can spin the block. D can come back just on her own. Oh yeah, just D. She's doing some new shit herself. Also, we should just pick somebody and come with a surprise next week. All right, bet. All right, y'all. Talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.